Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Vibes are high on a Friday because we're making... Beverly Hills Cop references in the uh, in the chatty house. That's amazing. That's James. I'm Kyle. We're the insiders. We're hanging out with you until noon. And then we will hand it off to D'Lo and KC, and they will take you into the weekend here on Sacramento Sports Leader. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us. Having a good time today. Just taking a look around the NBA. We spend so much time so hyper-focused on the Kings that it's fun to kind of zoom out and look at the league as a uh, as a whole. And I think kind of where, where I'm at, James, is while in the West specifically, I'm not going to talk about the East right now, but in the West specifically, while the Kings' first 54 games didn't go probably the way uh, we anticipated they would, uh, I'm guessing if if we had done just like a game-by-game -game prediction through the first half, we'd be sitting with the Kings at probably like 30 or 35 wins. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting at 31, which again, not the end of the world. You're eight games over. But I think we've seen the last couple of games. And frankly, what we've seen from from the West, the the rest of the West this season, it's not out of the question to me that the Kings can get on a little run here where they comfortably get back up into a playoff spot instead of lounging around in the number eight seat where they are to second half. No, I'm with That's you. That's kind of been the takeaway for me. Yeah, I, it, that can totally happen. The the Kings could get right back in this thing, and um, and you know, it's not like they're out of this thing. They are seven games over five hundred, or whatever it is at this point. Eight, uh, eight. They're back to eight games mm -hmm. over five hundred. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, I'm not convinced that they're a bad team, but what you have to understand is the the West is like really, really good, and mm -hmm. they don't stand out. And not only that, but we can keep going through like who you think they could beat and couldn't beat in a playoff series. Mm -hmm. Like we're not to the point where they're in a playoff series. They're the eight seed. The eight seed is not a playoff team. The, it's a play-in team, and you still have to earn your way into the playoffs. And that's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. That's uh, and the teams that you could be competing for are literally the teams that the NBA wants to see there. So mm -hmm. like, let's not act like they're that the Lakers aren't going to get good calls. Uh, or that the, the Golden State yes. Warriors aren't going to get good calls. They're going to. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to have to beat those teams, not narrowly beat them. You're going to have to thump those teams to get into the playoffs. That's mm -hmm. not where you want to be. Like this team is the fifth or sixth seed at the end of this uh, at the end of this, you know, run here, then mm -hmm. sure, then you're in, right? And and you feel confident about what's next. But that's just not who they are and where they are right now. And so I don't want to, you know, like it, it matters. It matters where you are in the standings. And as of right now, it's an uncomfortable place to be in. And you need to win, 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 win. And 
the problem that you have is that you still have, you know, a difficult stretch here coming out of the break yeah. where it's, you know, it's the Spurs, but then it's the Clippers, the Heat, the Nuggets, the Timberwolves. And, and then, you know, maybe you can beat the Bulls and you got the Lakers and you got the Spurs and the Rockets and all of a sudden you can start stringing together something here. Um, mm-hmm. But still, like, you got to prove it because as of right now, you haven't proven that you can beat a team like the Spurs on a Tuesday mm-hmm. night or Thursday night. You haven't, yeah, that's a good you know, point. we, we want to start counting games that they could win. You know, should you beat on March 4th? Should you beat the Bulls at home? Yes, you should. But this team hasn't earned that respect. Right. No, that's a good point. They haven't. Yeah. And, you know, it's like you got this three-game stretch where it's Toronto, uh, Washington Wizards, and Orlando Magic. That could mm-hmm. be 3-0. and It could be 1-3. and I mean, one and two. It could Good be point. it could be two and one, but like you beat Orlando and you beat the Raptors, but you lose to the Wizards, and that's who this team has been all season long. And we can't predict that they would be something other than that, because mm-hmm. when someone shows you who they are, you should probably believe it, right? Yeah, but but we saw but we saw this same team. We talk about it. They they this is the same team as last year, and last year this was not nearly the same problem. No. It we're wasn't on a, a night problem. in, night out basis. You didn't know what you were going to get. You knew what no. you were going to get. And sometimes the shots fell. Sometimes they didn't. But you knew that you were going to get a good De'Aaron Fox fourth quarter. And you knew you were going to get <clears throat> Kevin Herter shooting it well. And you were going to get your near triple-double from Domas and all this and that. But this year, you haven't been able, outside of the Domas stuff, you haven't been able to to really rely on on anything on a night in, night out basis. And if they come out and they, they smoke the Spurs... And then maybe you beat the Clippers and you play really well. Okay, maybe now we we see okay the the switch flipped, right? Yeah. That's the the famous phrase in the NBA is flipping the switch. And maybe then we can we can kind of start to go there. But you're right, man. Until like, should they beat the Spurs? Yes, they're a better team than the Spurs. Should they beat the Bulls and the Heat? Like, yeah, no doubt, like thousand percent they should. But <laughs> I've, we've also seen them go to overtime with a shorthanded Blazers team and lose to the Blazers and lose to the Hornets and turn in uh, just kind of sad performances against teams like Houston. Yeah. I'm going through the list of last season and and I'm trying to circle like bad losses, right? They had a bad loss late in the season against the jazz. They, they had a bad loss um, early in the season against Charlotte. So, you know, like wipe out the first four games of the season where you had no idea who the Kings were going to be. Yeah. But either way, they played the Blazers, the Clippers, the Warriors, and the Grizzlies in the first four games of the season, and the Blazers was at home. This is to open last season. They go 0-4, right? Mm. After that, it's there are no bad losses. You've got, you lose to Atlanta, but Atlanta's on the second night of a back-to-back where you played in Memphis and then had to get to Atlanta, and you lose on the second night of a back-to-back. That's not a bad loss, right? Mm-hmm. You yeah, go, it's just losing. Yeah, you lose to the—and then you lose to the Celtics, and you lose to the Suns. Okay, that's fine. You lose to the Bucks, You lose to the Knicks, and you lose to Philly. Okay, those are reasonable losses in the NBA. You can point mm-hmm. to a couple losses here at, in one stretch in December where you lost at home to Charlotte, and then you let the Wizards come in and beat you. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, it's teams like Denver. It's teams like Memphis. It's you know teams like the Lakers that beat you here and there. Philadelphia— Toronto, mm-hmm. Minnesota, at playoff teams last season. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. okay. It's okay to lose playoff teams. There weren't these games yeah. where, again, late in the season, at the end of a long road trip, you got a six-game road trip, the Kings walked into Houston and beat them on a Monday and beat them on a Wednesday. That's mm-hmm. the difference between this year's team and last year's team. The Kings yeah. walked in early in the season to a 
two games against the Houston Rockets, didn't take them serious, and got their butts kicked. Yep. Okay. And you keep the the disappointing part is you early in the in the year this year you kept expecting him to be like okay that's gonna wake him up mm-hmm. okay that's the now they're going now they're awake now they're gonna now they're gonna get and they just never really have it's like when you're trying to start a car and and it just won't turn over yeah like that's kind of how the the kings have felt all, all year and maybe maybe the second half will be will be better maybe they'll be more effective closing out games they'll they'll take the they won't take they won't play down to their opponent and they'll start you know beating the heck out of teams like San Antonio and Portland and Memphis and maybe that's what we see but you're right until we see it this year i'm not leaning on 22 23 anymore to to inform me about this year's kings team because it's clearly not the same yeah and Kyle just to continue your car like the kings have got it going a couple of times but mm-hmm. then one of the cylinders dies and you hear it like like don't 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 you hear and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you have a backfire we've seen a couple of backfires from this team like Mm -hmm. sometimes they're on eight cylinders sometimes they're on six with an eight cylinder and and they're just (laughs) misfiring and you can hear it like you you're watching a team you're like they're just misfiring again i don't know what the problem is or how to put my finger on it and say hey that's the problem stop doing it yeah i I don't know and and so that's where I, i think that they really they have to grow up a little bit mm-hmm. as a team yeah. like and I'm not saying they're immature but like that's what they act like they they act like they're a team that hasn't grown up and realized who they should be and, and play to that and, mm-hmm. and until they do that they can't expect to walk in and beat teams because that's yeah. not the NBA yeah they talked they talked a lot about taking that next step and how, how much I feel like we talked about this so much during the off season, <clears throat> but Mike Brown talking about going from bad to good is the easy step. Going from good to great is the, is the, is the hard step. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels a little bit like Sacramento's approach the first half of this year as though like, Oh, okay. Now they're just awarded that next step. Like they've just, they've, they've cleared the, the bad to the good step. And now they're just going to go, they're just going to go throw their jerseys on the court and play and that's how it's going to work. They're going to be great. And that's just not how it goes. So maybe maybe the the all-star break reset will allow them to kind of refocus mentally and get back to where they were uh, last season and approaching approaching games the way they did then. But I got to see that first. No, I'm with you. 100%. Get the BOD. Yeah. All right. Uh, we've still got to give out some midseason awards. We'll do that. And then we're talking about what do the Kings do in the second half. We'll talk about what they need to do to kind of get where we're talking about them going, where they can get into that that five or six seed. They are not way out of the race by any means. They are a half game back of the seven seed and a game and a half back of the Pelicans and Suns who are tied for the fifth and sixth. What do they need to do to get up there? We'll talk about that as well. Um, and we'll have the handoff. I believe Kenny Carraway will be coming in today uh, for the handoff. That's James. I'm Kyle. We're on ESPN 1320 Sacramento Sports Leader. That was fun. Eddie Murphy in the 80s, man. What a guy. Loved it. What a, uh, the, the run of movies he had was just, uh, just totally outrageous. Uh, that's what we're talking about at the break. If you want to get down on those conversations, check out youtube.com slash ESPN 1320. When we go to break on the, on the radio and in the app, uh, we do not go to break on the video stream. We sit here and we chat <clears throat> and we have a great time doing so. So please hop in there if that's how you would uh, prefer to take in the show. James, let's give away some midseason awards. We've been talking about our surprises from this season so far. 
the good and the bad. We talked a little bit about the Kings. What do they need to do to uh, improve over the sec- the second half, quote unquote? And when we say second half, we mean post All Star break. Yeah, because it's it's definitely not half the games. <laughs> no, no, I, it's always a weird thing, you know. And that's why I, I hate that the trade deadline is so late in the season. I want to have teams have enough time to get to like acclimate a player into the system. So then that way we get to see what that team's potential could be. And I know it seems strange, but like 10 extra games would actually help that 12 extra games would actually help a team like figure it out. And that's why the Kings, to be honest, they they were willing to jump in and, and make a trade, but like considerably earlier than the actual trade deadline, they were willing to look at Pascal Siakam. They were willing to jump in on OG Ananobi, but it had to be like, they were hoping for a trade earlier. And then they kind of let off that, um, like coming to the actual deadline itself. Yeah. Um, all right, let's do midseason NBA award picks, and then we'll do some King superlatives and uh, we'll dive into the Kings in the next segment, uh, as well. So James, who is your MVP pick at the all-star break? And Jesse, I would like you to participate in this as well. If, uh, if you have a second, so, uh, James, Jesse, We'll start with you, James. Who's your midseason MVP pick? Um, I'll just choose Jesse's forum. Um, I, <laughs> I went with Jason Tatum. Derek White. <laughs> Derek oh. White. Kyle knows. We're on the Derek White agenda all year. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ball no, gang. Uh, like, look, I am a big proponent. Like, MVP should be the best player on the best team. Like, hmm. and if there's okay. teams that are grouped together, that's one thing. But the fact is, Boston isn't grouped together with anyone else. They're, they're yeah. six games up overall in the in the east but seven games in the win column and over eastern conference teams but they're they're four games up on anyone in the west as well they've just separated themselves as the best team in the nba and like i would love to tell you that i I, if i were voting today i'd probably give my vote to Jokic. but jason tatum right now midway point in the season best player best team yeah i can't argue with any what about you jesse i can't argue with like any james lodge today's best player on best team like they're far and away they're like, like you said, they're four games up on anyone else in the Western Conference and like six game up on anyone in the East. But I don't think he's getting much of the votes this year. I think I think it'll be Jokic. I'd give it to Jokic right now. His numbers are just out of Tatum, this world. And yeah, he, I think he's on his way to his third. Tatum averaging 27, 8.6, and 4.8. 8.6 boards, 4.8 assists. Uh, I'm going to throw Shea Gilgis Alexander's name in here mm-hmm. just because he was my preseason pick. So I'm going to ride that. He's at 31.1 a game. He's shooting 37% from three. Uh, that is just below his career high. Uh, he's 54.6% from the field, which is his career high. He's leading the league with 2.2 steals a game. And he is, uh, we talked about it earlier, how how really talented the Thunder are. He is just the clear cut number one on what might be the best team in the West. <clears throat> so I, I'm going to, I'm going to pick SGA at the, at the midway point. Okay. I think that's fair. I mean, he he deserves like consideration, and I did this yeah. the straw poll, the ESPN straw poll with Tim uh, Bontemps, and mm-hmm. I I think I listed him: um, Jokic number one, uh, number two SGA, number three Kawhi, number four Tatum, and number five uh, Donovan Mitchell. That's how. Mm. That's how oh, I Donovan went. Mitchell's a, a good name. Yeah, I, I got mean, my eye on Kawhi too. I'm I'm watching that one as the season goes on. Oh, yeah. that's a good that's a good one too. Yeah, I had Kawhi at number three. Yeah, yeah. So uh I, I just think, you know, the way that the Cavs all of a sudden are thirty six and seventeen and are second in the Eastern Conference and they keep plugging away and they've had injuries here and there, 
but they just keep plugging away. Um, and, and a lot of that is Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, what about defensive player of the year, uh, James? Who do you got? I've got Gobert. Um, and, and I hate using the same logic, but the best defensive player, the best defensive team. Yeah. The T the T wolves are so much better than everyone else defensively. And Mm -hmm. he's a big reason for that. Uh, Jaden McDaniels is also a big reason for that. But, uh, for me, like, I, I think that, you know, he fits the mold. He's been a defensive player of the year before, and he is sort of the anchor of that defense, whether that works in the playoffs or not, we'll see. But for right now, that's who I'd go with. Yeah. I'm sticking with Jaden again on this one. Oh, go ahead, Jesse. No, I said, I'm just thinking with James again on this one. Like he said, best defensive player on the best defensive team. He's already got um, the history. He's won it before, so I think they'll give it to him this year. I'm going with Victor Wembanyama. My man's averaging like three and a half blocks a game. Yeah, he nuts, had a triple-double with blocks. He did. I know there's more to defense than blocks, but that's nuts. Yeah. I'm he's with at, you. He's at 10 boards and I think 3.2 blocks in 28.6 minutes a game. 28.4, yeah. He also, I mean, uh, Kyle, not only three point two blocks, but one point one steals per game. I mean, that's 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 crazy. If for a rookie to come into the league and average twenty point five, ten rebounds, and uh, and three point two <laughs> assists per game, with three point two blocks and one point one uh, steals, I know in fantasy basketball, my son like gave up gave up everything so he could just draft Victor Wembanyama. So he'll have him smart. for the next decade. It's like okay. Great. You won't be good this year, but you'll well. I mean, and you are good this year, but you're going to be great for years to come. I the I, I follow somebody on on Twitter who said they're going to start tracking a stat they call Hell Nas, and that's when players um just decide not to shoot at the rim because of Wemby. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's so funny. You watch Cam Thomas, who if you tell Cam Thomas to shoot it, he's not going to ask from where. He's just going to pull. And he will even drive, see Wemby, and like peel out and get rid of it. I mean, it is, he's, he's, he's special for sure. Yeah. Uh, what about rookie of the year, Jesse? Uh, it's Wemby. He, he's putting up monster numbers with like 28 minutes per game right now. It's easily Wemby right now, I yeah. think. Yeah. I, I agree, James. I think we all agree on this. I think Chet is way closer than we want him, to, than we think he is. He, yeah. he probably is way closer. I mean, Chet's stats are, are spectacular as well. Uh, and the fact that he's doing it on a, a team that's second in the Western Conference right now. Uh, but you just can't ignore it. I mean, okay, so Chet's at 16.7 points, 7.6 rebounds, 2.7 assists, 2.6 blocks, and .7 steals. And he's shooting 39.3% from three. Like man, Chet is really, really good. Very good. I said it during that draft. If there was any way for the Kings to get him to pair alongside Sabonis, it would have been perfect. That would have been absolutely perfect. perfect. Yep. So didn't happen. Uh, Can I one just one uh, one thing? Chet's not a rookie, so. Well, yeah, but he he didn't play. (laughs) Come on now, we know how the game is played. I know, I know, I know. I'm just being funny. Yeah, but I think he is eligible. He, yeah, he, no, he definitely he, is. Yeah, he, he redshirted. Is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. He he is he is by NBA standards a a rookie. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Uh, what about most improved? What do you got, Jesse? What do you have, Kyle? <laughs> I have Tyrese Maxey. He's averaging twenty five point seven, three point seven, and six point four, and now he is charged with trying to keep the 76ers afloat in the East while Joel Embiid is out. 
Um, I just, I, I think Maxi has been, has been stellar this season. I know he was in the most improved voting a couple of years ago. Uh, I think this is his year to win it. I like that pick just because like he kind of, he had to sit behind Harden last year and he's kind of just waiting, waiting for his time. And he's, he's exploded this year and he's been everything they needed. So yeah, I like that pick too. Yeah. I, I think he's a good selection, but for me, it's Alperin Shangun. Uh, Shangun's yeah. averaging 21.2, 9.1, and he's averaging five assists per game. And mm-hmm. he's on a team that's surprisingly better than what they than people expected. And this is a second year player who's taking the leap. So mm-hmm. I, I was in on Maxi originally, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to look around a little bit. And Shangun is a guy who stood out. If Maxi can keep the Sixers afloat while Joel's out too, I think that'll be big time for him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, what about uh, Six Man of the Year? <clears throat> I think it's Malik Monk, and I don't think it's really that close. Yeah, I think he's what. 13, I think, 13 and 6 um, with assists coming off the bench right now. I mean, I'll take that over what Bobby Portis is doing right now and Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, I know Hardaway Jr. is getting a lot of uh, a lot of pub, but mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know. I, I mean, you're looking at Monk is at 15 a game with 5.3 assists. He's got more 20-point games than any six-man. He's got more five-assist games than any six-man. Uh, six and so for me, he's the guy. I mean, he's just been so tremendous. Uh, I love what Norman Powell is doing in LA. Yeah. So I'm going to, no, I'm joking. It's, he's been really good. It's Malik Monk. Though. Malik Monk is the, is the, is the correct answer. Well, he's you, been, uh, he's been stellar. You look at these other guys too. Like Monk is, you could argue, has probably been the third most impactful player on the Kings this season. The third most important player on the Kings this season. Yeah. Like I'm not sure if that's the case for like Bobby Portis or those other guys. No, I, no, I, I I'm totally with you. Yeah. I'm with you too. So I think we're all set. Like on good, like Norman Powell's contributions are are great, and Bobby Portis's are are great, and Tim Hardaway. But I mean, we see it with with Sacramento when Malik Monk does not have a good game. It's really really hard for the Kings to win. Mm-hmm. He is just super valuable in a way that I'm not sure those other guys are. Uh, last one, Coach of the Year. I've got Chris Finch. Give it to my guy Joe Mazzula. Yeah. He's lapped the NBA right now. Give it to Joe Mazzula. Oh my Don't God. even do that. Don't even do that. Don't even make that face. You're rolling your eyes on the stream. No, we won't even go to break. They're six games up in the East. All right. They're four and a half games up on the Timberwolves. Give it to Joe. All right. Everyone says, oh, you can't coach. You can't coach. You can't call timeouts or whatever. Number one team in the East is Joe. It's Joe uh, Mazzula. No, yeah, no. Uh, you could be coach of the year coaching a team that talented. For mm. sure. No, no, I, I, I don't I don't buy into that. <laughs> you know what? This show stinks. I'm out of here. I'm going to hang out with D-Lo and Casey later. <laughs> Uh, Mark Dagnall from uh, from OKC has done a, a heck of a job there, so that was uh, that was my pick. I, I I rock with the Joe Missoula idea though. I think too many coaches get turned down for Coach of the Year because they have a good team, and I think that's stupid. Mm-hmm. I think that's really dumb. Yeah. I don't know exactly what the criteria is if it's doing the most with less. Or doing turning a, a good roster into a great one. I don't. I, I don't know what the specific criteria people have are, but uh, I, I don't. I don't hate the logic on the Missoula pick for sure. Yeah, and and Finch. I mean, he's leading the West, and and his team was forty two and forty last year. That's what I'm looking at, and you can say the same about uh, Dagnall. They they're both right there. They both have been excellent coaching uh, their team this year. All right, relate. How do the Kings get better in the second half? Uh, we'll tell you next on ESPN 1320. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, final segment. We're rocking with you until noon. That's James Ham. I'm Kyle Madsen. we got D'Lo and KC coming up next, so stay locked in to ESPN 1320. Having a really fun chat today. Just an NBA-wide discussion but i would like to narrow it back down to the to the kings here james we've talked about uh, surprises and disappointments around the league we've given out some some mid-season awards or at least where we think those awards are going to go at the all-star break obviously so much movement happens with mvp and six man of the year and all that so much happens over the final post all-star break games so uh we'll we'll revisit those as as the the second half goes on <clears throat> i want to do two things in this segment one, I want to talk about what we need to see from the Kings in the second half. Uh, three things this segment. That's the first one. The second one is uh, I want to do some King superlatives. I'm going to throw these at you, and I would love to get your guys' thoughts on them. You, James, you in the chatty house, and, and of course, Jesse as well. Um, and then I also want to talk about this, this uh, question that came up in the chatty house during the break. YouTube.com slash ESPN1320, Twitch.tv slash ESPN1320 if you would like to participate in the chatty house. Young Sav asks, uh, do we think Monty's, Monty McNair is on the hot seat if no mo- big moves happen in the offseason? And James, I, I I think yes, but I only say that because we've seen the result of running it back with this team so far. And it has not worked. And it's just really clear that, at least to me, that this iteration of this roster is is probably not one that's going to win a title. And if they're not making, and it depends, I guess, on what somebody defines as a big move, but if they're not making a significant change to their roster where they're adding a starter or maybe two and changing around what their bench looks like as a result, um, then yeah, I think I think you go into next year like, hey, there's a lot of pressure to to do something more than make the first round of the playoffs uh, in in the third year of this. Well, yeah, but I would even say before we even get to that, Kyle, because this team doesn't make the playoffs this they, year. Yes, if they don't, things are going to mm-hmm. get a little noisy. Things are going to yeah, get a little true. uncomfortable. And I mean, like when you walk into a an off season. And your big moves are to trade for Chris Duarte, 
uh, to bring in a 36-year-old or a 35 at that point, JaVale McGee, and to bring mm-hmm. in Sasha Vazinkov from overseas after uh, after really the team um, like behind the scenes put out there just how good they thought Sasha was going to be. And then you get to the midway point in the season, and uh, two of those guys are out of the rotation. One of them is out for a considerable amount of time and has been in and out of the rotation all year long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get to the NBA trade trade deadline, and once again, you don't you don't make a move. You, your only move is to go get another million bucks or whatever it was uh, from from the Milwaukee Bucks for taking on Robin Lopez. Like mm-hmm. you've set the stage. Like if this team doesn't make the playoffs, I, I don't know what happens. Well, imagine you don't make the playoffs, and then um, I know we don't like to talk about it, but like say Malik Monk goes somewhere else in free agency, then this whole thing is just turned on its face, where it's like, okay, now we just we've waited way too long for all of this, and now we're just red alert now. Well, that is, that's the the problem. You waited, you waited, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure what you waited for, because like it, it took it took like maybe three weeks into the season for you to realize that this team wasn't the same team it was last year. Yep. Like this thing was all over the board, and and then six weeks in, you knew, like you the Mike Brown breaks the, the season down into five game increments, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, like every five games, like you could tell like something was off. And, yeah, it's a good point. You know, and so if you're a general manager, you had to be looking at the same thing. And I'm not saying, hey, like knee jerk reaction, like you gotta you gotta go do something to do something. No, like. You have your team talking about championship championship contention, and then this is who you are. Like that's this isn't a championship team. Like barring Mm-mm. barring some sort of weird situation where like where the San Francisco 49ers rolled through a bunch of teams that just you didn't expect to be there in the playoffs, and mm-hmm. and make it to a Super Bowl. Like that's to me this is. Um, it's just a, a weird path that the Kings are on. And we keep talking about this, oh, they're going to have all their picks this summer. If they don't make the playoffs, they don't have all their picks. If they don't make the playoffs, their yeah. 2024 is they still have their 2024 first-round pick. They don't have access to their 25, 26, 27. You're looking at 28. Like, this becomes like a mess, a total mess. And... Uh, so yeah, like there's a lot riding on the final 28 games of the season, not just for this group of players that want to play together, but also for the guys who constructed this roster and running it back at this point seems like it looks a lot more like wasted a year because that's where we're at. Like when your team, like I'm being like, like really honest here, that's, that's what it looks like at this point. And you're wasting a year where you're, your all-star center didn't make the all-star team despite the fact that he's one of the best players in the league and you didn't make it mm-hmm. because you're inconsistent and and on some nights you're really bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so that's where you know talking about Monty McNair being on the on the hot seat if no big moves happen in the offseason if they don't make the playoffs whatever it is. And that's where I think you can get away with saying hey, ran it back but you're right. It is a wasted year unless they use the information that they gathered and the data that they gathered this year to make a significant um, alteration to their roster. Yeah. Where they look and maybe they say, you know what? Malik Monk isn't the right guy or Keegan Murray isn't the right guy or whatever, whatever it is where 
they are now making this massive swing like a Demonis Sabonis type of trade that just completely alters the direction of the team because right now, okay, they went up, but now they flattened. And it's just pretty clear they're just doing this. So how do they get going back the correct direction? Yeah. That, that I think is going to take a, a pretty significant swing. So to answer the question with a yes or no, if Monty's on the hot seat, if there's no big moves in the offseason, I would I would say I would say yes at this point. Yeah, I would say maybe. And, and I've also like we have a comment here. I'm going to pull it up. And it's uh, CV says, are we too doom uh, too doom and gloom for just being year two? My question back to you would be year two of what? Because if you don't make the playoffs, that's good point. then that's not year two. You had one year where you made the playoffs. You were one and done. Mm-hmm. Now, can you get back there? And how do you fix what happened? That's so. That's where we're talking about. Like, I don't think it's doom and gloom. I'm just being realistic. Like, if you that's don't make it. the playoffs. Like, there is this is not year two of anything. It's not. Well, it's like we're hitting a turning point almost. Like, if they don't, like, if with the playoffs and stuff, if they do hit the playoffs, then you're kind of hitting the turning point where you're going the right way. You got your picks and all that, where you can move them in all the offseason. You don't. You're going the opposite direction where it's like ah, this that's window it. might be closing a little bit right now because like you just have less to work with at that point. Yeah. Like I yeah, will say, spent, like they did, they did. I I get it, but they did wait a little too long. I think. Hmm. Yeah, that's hmm, that's interesting. I guess that's that's kind of the point. Is this year was supposed to be about growth, and this was supposed to be okay. Last year was year one, but now there are steps to take in year two. There's like a there's like a progression that happens, and that progression just isn't happening. And yeah. they didn't do anything to to change that at the all-star break which may or may not have been or not the all-star break but the trade deadline and that may or may not have been the right thing to do but <laughs> if they go through this offseason and there's not a major change and they let's even say they make the first round let's say they they they're in the play and they win their first play in game to the seven seed they lose the seven two matchup against okc or minnesota or whoever it is like let's just go to that and then they go into the next they go into next year with the same starting five and a chris duarte type of addition in the offseason that's not enough at that point we're all being conned honestly we're all being conned at that point if they're running it back again i'm leaving the offseason yeah yeah well i would say this there's one caveat the unless kyle (laughs) is if keegan murray becomes what everyone thinks and that's who you get the final 28 games of the season and keegan murray starts taking the steps and that's where for me it's you're caught if you're mike brown you're stuck because the real the real thing that has to happen here, Mike wants to win games. And mm-hmm. Mike is, he's on the hook. Like, that's what a head coach is. You're judged by wins and losses, right? That's it. But the real, the real thing that should be happening at this point, because we know this isn't a championship team. We're honest. We're saying it. It's not. Like, whatever. I don't care. Mm-hmm. You're not a championship team. So the only way for you to take the next step is for you to add pieces for the outside or for Keegan Murray and adding pieces. Keegan Murray to take a monstrous step. I got to see it now. And if that means that that Harrison Barnes has to go back to who Harrison Barnes was the first half of the season, okay, that's what it is. Because at this point, you're pot committed in that that aspect, that the way forward is for Keegan Murray to become your third best player. As of today, he's not. Your yeah, you, third best player is Malik Monk. Do you think they have too many eggs in that basket? Like, he's a second-year player, and it's kind of like, we got Fox and Sabonis. Like, prime of their career is playing the best basketball of their career right now. And it's like, yes, like, you want to wait for Keegan Murray, but how long is that going to take? Like, we got to make, like, we got to, like, you know, you got to take advantage of your two best players playing great. I get you, but it can't take any more time. Like, that's, like, Keegan Murray was a, a 21-year-old slash 22-year-old rookie. 
he's 22, 23. I, I think he is 23 at this point, right? Like, you need to get there. Like, this wasn't, you were not banking on a 19-year-old Jonathan Kaminga. That's not mm-hmm. what you were banking on. You were banking on a, a guy who was close, and he's been really good first year, second year. He's had some hits and misses, but he's still progressing. The third year is where you expect him to take the leap where he's 18 to 20 points a game, and he's your your third best player. And and if not, it's time to go get your third best player. Like that's that's kind of where you're at. So he's playing three more minutes a game. He's taking two and a half more shots per game, but the same amount of threes. And he's shooting him at a way worse clip. Yeah. That's that's the wrong that's that's going the wrong direction with, with him. But to your point, James, <clears throat> if they go twenty and eight over the final twenty eight and Keegan Murray takes off and he averages 23 a game over those over that stretch and he's consistent with it it's not 23 by way of a bunch of 30 point games and a bunch of six point games like he he really is a man he is a 20 points a night dude yep then okay let's let we can we can change the conversation but right now there's no evidence that that's happening hey man if you go 16 and 12 but you but keegan takes that leap then i think everything is is still on a path but so no pressure no pressure keegan yeah no, I mean, well, that's the, the downfall, right? Is that yeah. like everything's relying on on the the growth of one player because we've seen optimized De'Aaron Fox, and mm-hmm. you were still a couple of games over five hundred. We're seeing optimized Demonis Sabonis, and mm-hmm. here you are, eight games over five hundred. We've seen optimized Malik Monk. You're eight games over five hundred. Like you, mm-hmm. we have to see what else there is. There there has to be yeah. something else that you're building with, and yeah, it it's uh, an uncomfortable situation. I would say for sure uncomfortable situation because you can look at like an impatient owner that's been impatient throughout his, what is it? uh, This is year 11. Like, wow. Yeah. Time man. 2013. He took over uh, right before the Ben McLemore draft. Uh, Yeah. This is, you know, it's one of where you have to show steady improvement and that, that there is a, a way forward. And if you can't like, that's where this team always gets caught up. We got Casey joining. Yeah, I mean, we got D-Lo joining us. We'll get it. What's going on, man? We'll we'll discuss how you can tell us apart later, James. <laughs> happens we'll to everyone, know. I guess. No, yeah, no I mean, but I happens read... to us all the time at the arena. It, it's my brain. The uh... we were once mistaken for Deuce and Mo, and we have yet to figure that out. Wow. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. Someone walked by. Deuce and Mo, and we looked around like, where are they? And oh, is he? <laughs> Sam, the hell are you talking so about? So it, it was a whole process trying to figure out which one was Deuce and which one was Mo, and we uh, couldn't figure out a a proper. <laughs> we couldn't figure it out. My problem is I I know who's sitting in front of me, but your the little screen, screen says Casey. Says Casey I know, I so know. when my I go to talk, my brain didn't yeah, work. I got you. Yeah, I, I just guess. You. No, that's fine. It's, it's a good call. That's a good call. <laughs> it's one of them call. there, guys. One of D'Lo and Casey are joining us now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of us. It's the handoff. Uh, J- uh, Damien, I'm, I'm happy you dropped in. We're going to do some King superlatives, and I would like your thoughts. Who is the King's best newcomer of the first half? I didn't want to say rookie because there's not a lot of those guys, but best newcomer. Pass. J- yeah. J- James? Pass. Yeah, like... First Duarte, right? Or is it Sasha Vizenkov? Or is uh, it... Is it JaVale? JaVale no, McGee. it's uh, it's Mason Keanu. Jones. Clearly, it's Mason, it's Mason Jones. Jones. They're putting out tweets for this kid. MVP. Yeah, MVP. like like, hey, I'm all about. What, what was what was your your formal t- f- former title at uh, ninety five seven? 
curator of vibes. Yo, that might be Mason Jones. Mm. I never seen them put out a tweet for someone who was like, you know, bigging up his teammates on the bench. Like that's awesome. Who didn't play. It didn't play a second. Who has never played a second for you? Yeah. My favorite. My favorite part. And look, here's here's what here's what I want to in- indicate. I don't doubt that Mason Jones vibes helped. I'm not doubting that one bit. Mike Brown wouldn't have shouted him out in a post game presser if if Mason Jones was was an invisible person at the end of the bench. So I yeah. get it. But when Deuce or, or or Kenny, whichever one of you guys, um, posted about the what he was like, here's a clip of of what Mason Jones did on the bench last night, and it was all very generic. Yeah, that was Deuce. Yeah, it was it was very like, okay, he was Just first off the bench to cl- high five his teammates. Yeah. Oh, he did a little step thing on a Euro step. Like, that's just kind of what – is that just what guys do? Yeah, it's vibes. Okay, so, like, yeah. I'm looking at uh, Mason Jones' basketball re- reference page. I see I see age. I see the teams he's played for. I see games played. I see all of these things. At the end of this, there's there's this, uh, this column, which for him could be deleted. It could be one of those columns that you go delete column to the right. Uh, it says awards. And, and what I don't see there is vibes. Like there, there are no awards. Well, Wikipedia yet. is a created page. Write is, in it. Go edit it and put in vibes. Oh, see. If are anybody you, is listening, yeah, just I'm, go I'm do go reference. do vibes. I'm in basketball reference. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, okay, he might be the best newcomer. I I, I don't know. All I know is when the coach brings it up in a post game press conference, I'm with it. Yeah. I'm rocking with it. That's what I'm saying. And, so and Mason Deuce wins. Is the, Deuce is in the in the chat. And that's what I'm saying is like, I don't doubt. It was just, I was like, oh man, I can't wait to see like what this guy. And just, it's a, it's a, it's a sign of what the Kings have not had on the bench all year. That this guy comes in and does that. And it's like, wow, how noticeably different. So he is definitively oh, the answer to your question. Yeah. Best newcomers, Mason Jones. Well, and like, look, I, like Deuce is in the chat. I'm not calling Deuce out at all. I, I'm just saying, like, where are we going no, it's here? The like, Kings, it's, but it's the Kings bench. It, like, it, I don't, yeah, I don't doubt that having well, a vibes guy like that helped. Well, it's just that he, it wasn't like over the top. He was just doing basic just, stuff that apparently but, the Kings have not been doing all year. Well, don't forget the context of the game, though. That yeah. I, that I think is important too. The game was dragging. Oh yeah, like the the bench was like like the 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 play on the floor was dragging. So to have a guy, you know, jump up and 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 celebrate the way that he did is 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 dope. Hmm. I love that. And honestly, if oh. that's what turn, you know, you know how much I love vibes. Mm-hmm. If that winds up being the thing that at the end of the year the Kings have won fifty games, and they go nineteen and nine over these last twenty eight, and they're like, "Yep, we're the five seed. This is what it is." Mason Jones brought that energy. I would love that, dude. Yeah. I yep. need like did the vibes curator pulled up and it turned the season around. Yeah, no, that let's be, let's also point out this is a problem that we both said Mason Jones and not Sasha or Chris Duarte or one of the other players who's actually gotten like minutes on the floor. I totally agree. And it, Lorraine Fox chimes in. Uh De'Aaron Fox has played against Mason Jones since they were in fourth grade a- AAU in the Dallas, Texas area. Like it's this isn't a Mason Jones like thing. I, I'm I'm happy that Mason Jones is is getting an opportunity. No, I feel like you're hating. No, no, I, no, no, it does. No, it's this classic ham hateration right here. It's, I am I am like it's all new here. shirt coming to D-Lo and Casey.com. Ham hateration. <laughs> 
No, I, I'm all for it. I, I am. I'm all for like. <laughs> it, but where is that all season long? If this Ham. team doesn't have the vibes, Ham hates fun. Ugh. If you're looking around, Ham hates saying, vibes. Where is Matthew Delavadova? Then you got a problem. Yeah, some like, people so. I, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Sasha's getting right. no love. You're right. And Sasha's not getting love. Shout no, out to no, get well, Sasha. Yeah. What about what about most improved? Hmm. <laughs> it's this is this is ridiculous. Is it Domas? Hmm. Yes. Like Domas is crazy. Like like it's the crazy part is is Domas or De'Aaron, which is insane because those guys are all NBA players. Keegan was really Ke- Keegan Keegan on the defensive end. That's like a whole different category but then you could say De'Aaron on the defensive end um I love Keon Keon's my guy uh man I'm not I'm not gonna try to be smarter than the room I'm gonna say it's Domas I'm gonna counter with Malik Monk because okay Malik last year was all over the board Mm -hmm. this year he had like five games there in the middle where he struggled but bounced but right man, back 2020, 2020, yeah. yeah. So I, I think Malik, uh, finding consistency for Malik was something that was a huge deal for me yeah. coming into this season. Him and Kevin both, um, he found it. Kevin hasn't. And and that's mm-hmm. that's what separates him. And that's why, you know, I think he's like clearly the sixth man of the year, but also like I, I think he is probably their most improved player. Maybe I think I'm that's wrong. probably right. The consistency has been there um for for Malik and he's I think their most important player, so I'm going to make him the most uh, most improved as well. What I about keep the looking surprise? to the left like Kyle is there, and he's yeah. not. Like, I just no, keep looking at bro. an empty chair. Yeah, he yeah, was sorry, talking sorry. at one point, and yeah, I went sorry, to look. Bro. I'm like, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought you were looking like we've got to get out. No, and I keep there, looking so for you, and those. you're not there. I think we got no, a minute I'm 15. I'm over here. Okay, let's rip through this last year. Biggest surprise for you from the Kings this year? The inconsistency. For like a player. Oh, for a player, I would say just as a team as a whole, the biggest surprise okay, is yeah. that Harrison Barnes and uh, Kevin Harder took like philosophical vacations for 35 games. That's the biggest surprise. It's not a good thing. It's a bad thing. A, a league-leading triple-double numbers from, yeah. from DeMontis' yeah. bonus. Like, and the double-doubles. and yeah. I mean, like he he's actually playing better than he did last year, and he was really, really good last Crazy. year. That's yeah. That's surprising to me. I thought yeah, De'Aaron could. I I always think De'Aaron could elevate. I didn't realize Domas could get better. Yeah, like yeah. to this degree. And he's he's continued to get better. Even even like De'Aaron was MVP candidate for the first two months, mm-hmm. and then he had had that lull where he just was more just ordinary De'Aaron. And Domas continued playing it at that level. And you saw when you get both of them playing at MVP levels, the Kings are really really hard to beat. And if they get that down the stretch with with some Keegan, I think they'll be unless they're playing Phoenix, then they score seventy, make it ninety with Malik and lose. But I'm over that. Yep, because they beat Denver, so it's okay. You sure? Yeah. Anything else? Anything else before we go? No, I'm good. All right. D'Lo and Casey coming up next. Appreciate you guys. You're coming back, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm sticking around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I'll be in there uh, twelve fifteen. Excellent. I got a little surprise for you guys coming up. uh, I love surprises. I love surprise. We talked about it. It's on. We're good. Uh, On ESPN 1320. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.